Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Bronwyn Burncombe, and we're going to be talking about a fascinating story, an inspiring story of how she quit her job working in the corporate world and within a couple of years had really systemized her life so that she could spend her time doing more of what she loves. She now travels the world with her husband. She's accompanied him on a round-the-world Clipper race. She lived in New Zealand for six months and has spent the past six or so months living in Namibia. Um, can't say that word uh, on a wildlife <laughs> reserve doing what she loves best. She's able to do that because she has truly created herself a remote lifestyle. And it's my pleasure to welcome her to the show and to find out how she did it and what we can learn from her experiences. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Steve. Hi, Bronwyn. Nice Absolutely lovely to see you and have you on the show. If you're listening in, which you probably are, and you hear some wind in the background, that is because Bronwyn is sat on the top of her house. It looks from the video, as I'm doing yes. this on Zoom at the moment, with the most beautiful backdrop that I genuinely, genuinely thought was a Zoom virtual background when she switched on the camera. And so apologies if there's a little bit of background noise on her side, um, but she is living the dream, so we'll let her off. Okay, so Bronwyn... It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. It's been a little while since we last spoke. Um, tell me your story in just a summary of how you've ended up being in Namibia um, with uh, your lifestyle paid for really by your businesses back in the UK and you're able to do that totally remotely. Just give me a, the, 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 yeah. the five-minute summary. Yeah, absolutely. Five minutes. Here we go. <clears throat> so, yeah. Seven years ago, I was a banker. I was a career banker in Lloyd's Bank and thought, you know, I couldn't retire until I was 67, certainly couldn't take my pension. I decided with my husband to investigate other ways of creating a, a relatively passive income. And that was, that was property investing. So we, we spent quite a while learning. And within two years, as you said, you know, we've been able to replace our corporate income through property rental. Um, the, the key for us was always freedom of location because we don't want to be managing our businesses. Um, and we have now five of them, four property ones and a education one. Um, so the, the point for us was always to outsource as much as we possibly could so that we can enjoy working and volunteering abroad and doing things that we're passionate about, as you said. So, so Namibia here in Africa, um, working wildlife conservation is a, is a big passion of, of both of ours, actually. And John sailing around the world. I mean, that really was the catalyst for us, Steve, you know, um, wanting John wanting to do that around the world adventure it was going to take 12 months so how could we build our business so that he could take basically take 12 months out now I followed him around the world I flew <laughs> um, but I had my laptop and I had work to do and it was really the catalyst for saying have we got the right systems in place do we need to do this differently to make our life a lot easier. So that was back in 2017 when we did that uh, that year out. And then we discovered systems, uh, systems and outsourcing after that. 
So um, that's really the story is that, yeah, we've now become much more flexible having been through the program and understood the best way of, uh, of making our businesses more efficient and self-sustaining really. Okay. So for a terrible pun, I guess it probably wasn't all plain sailing. Um, <laughs> but before you, before you came and worked with us and, you know, for sort of full disclosure, Bronwyn is a, um, an, an old client of ours and she's been through our systems for outsourcing program, as she mentioned. Um, but I'm actually interested to know sort of what happened before that, because you'd actually started your business, uh, or started your property journey way before that and actually written I've, your book's brilliant, by the way. So if anyone's not read Bronwyn's book, um, then I, I highly recommend it. It is how to build, so just build your dream life. Life, uh, all about her journey into property. And it's a brilliant look at a really realistic um, path into property, not all um, jazzed up into something that it's not, not trying to sort of sell you on a dream that's not a reality. So I really enjoyed reading it. Um, and I know you, uh, you, you wrote that book and the story in that book is really the pre systems for outsourcing story. Yes. And yes, um, so I'm interested to know, so. yeah, how did you trans transfer yourself from a corporate world into the world of business owner? Cause that is a huge challenge yeah. for so many people uh, and a yes. journey that many, many people take, but find very, very difficult. So what were your yeah. challenges you overcame? How do you do that? And what, what lessons yeah. can you share? Well, the big thing is to get the right education at the beginning so that you can manage your risks and understand some of the pitfalls. Now, of course, it's not all plain sailing and there are problems that arise. And that's all in my book, Building Your Dream Life. But the key for us right at the beginning was to set those goals and to understand what did we want to do with our time once we'd created that freedom. Um, and it was not to manage our rental properties. So right from the start, John and I were both always challenging ourselves and saying, well, um, you know, we created a, a say, multi-let house. Um, we'd bought it. We'd determined the strategy. We'd organize the refurbishment, but there was no way that we were then going to manage the tenants and manage the problems that they might face, you know, when the Wi-Fi wasn't working and that sort of thing. So we, right from the beginning, we said, we're not going to manage our properties. However, when you're building a residential sort of letting business, there's so many more things that you don't think about that suddenly arise. Um, and yes, you're, you, you've got your own business. We, we had limited companies. We started to do commercial property. We did some massive conversions of properties. Um, and as we were growing, that's the, that first two years, really, first two to three years, you're growing so fast that you don't have time to step back and, and look at the things that maybe you could do differently. Um, so that was the thing that, that we felt in that year around the world. It was really obvious to us where the stresses and strains were and where the risks were for us, where we weren't in the UK, we were managing on laptops, but maybe we weren't as secure with our businesses as we really needed to be. And that's from a number of, of, of issues. So we had people manage the property. So we thought, great, we don't need to do anything. Well, no, you do. <laughs> and we were still buying properties. We were still um, doing new strategies. And even though we were away, we 
were still able to continue to build the business. And of course, that then is, you know, also other things that, that arise and um, different systems and things that we were starting to use, we weren't consistent with across our businesses. And so coming back from that clip around the world and then deciding, the two of us deciding that, you know, we need to get more control in our business, but we still wanted to travel. And we decided we would go to Australia, um, but we'd started the the program with yourself, Steve, before we went to Australia. And I'd determined that whilst I was in Australia, that I would write a book. And that is no mean feat for somebody like me who likes to do stuff, not actually sit down and write. So um, I had a book coach and I had, you know, I had a drumbeat of stuff I wanted to do. And this, this book was not easy. It's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but there's no way I could keep do running all the businesses and write a book and still feel that I could do other things with my time. So it was that point that we thought we've really got to bite the bullet and look at how can we become um, a little bit more stable and consistent with the way that we did. We ran our businesses, basically. Yeah. Okay. And just trying to dig into a bit more detail. So, so what specific things did you do? What turned you from that place where you were, where you were sort of slightly systemized and outsourced or quite a lot, to be fair, you know, more than far, far more than most businesses ever get mm. to. But then now you seem to be in a different place and that sort of transition yeah. from being somewhat outsourced, somewhat systemized to being where you are now, what, what changed? Like what, did you do how can the people learn from that yeah so we had other people working with us like agents for our residential businesses we'd also set up a trading business so guest house business which is much more um much more responsibility if you like um and again using we were outsourcing we were working with people who could manage the business but the business was our business we set it up and set up the systems and processes in the back end of that. So room booking systems, um, the um, the uh, sort of accounting systems, really, really important. And being able to uh, assess the person that was managing the business on our behalf was, became really important. So auditing and having um, having your, your regular monthly assessment of how's the business going, you know, I, I'd been a banker at the other side of the desk um, helping small businesses and suddenly I was thrown the other side and I recognized how difficult it is in those first few years. And if you can, if you can have information and data at your fingertips that you can rely on and trust, um, so turnover, um, bills, invoices outstanding, bookkeeping accounts, but also things like, you know, the laundry business. <laughs> we had we outsource the laundry, but of course, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that just knock on to that. So that was our residential, it was our trading business. And then we were doing a development. So we'd joint ventured with a builder. So we, we would always try and work with experts. But our skill with that was the finance, was bringing finance to that deal. But then, of course, the finance brings with it the rigor of, you know, how are we doing against where we said we were going to be in terms of cost? 
uh, checking that the builder was doing things according to the plan as well, and keeping our investors informed. So suddenly we had a lot of stakeholders in our businesses. And I set up an education business just before we went around the world as well. That started to take off. And I wanted to spend my time doing things I loved doing, which was not <laughs> the detail. Um, you'll remember from some of our conversations, I think, along the way, I, you know, I, I, we both pushed back at the detail because we, we found that that was not something we liked doing. But we had to get into that so that we felt we could then outsource it. So, um, so there was all sorts that we did. And it, you know, it was a good 12 to 18 months before we could truly say, you know, we're, we're in complete control. Uh, well, not 100%, I would say, but going from maybe I would say 30%, a third of the business we felt really comfortable with to now at least 80%, I would say, is, is a massive turnaround. Um, some of the things that we learned and we've implemented are things like um, uh, LastPass. So having control over your passwords and so that when you're working with other people and VAs and our PA and our admin lady and our bookkeepers, you know, LastPass has given us massive control as to who has access to what. And then if somebody leaves, we can change that control and we... We, we feel that we're secure and safe. Things like Asana, massive, massive thing for us is, is being able to not just rely on emails. Now, we rely completely on tasks in Asana so that it's very clear which business is operating and who's responsible for what. And we've had to go through quite a cycle of, of educating the people that work with us in our businesses. And they've found that difficult. And again, another 12 months, I would suggest, before they're completely comfortable. And now they're telling us when, when we need to do something in Asana. So it's really turned, turned around in the last two to three years. So I left my job five, five years ago, um, went around the world three years ago, and you know, was a bit uncomfortable then, really. Uh, we continued to build the business, and now I would say that we're completely comfortable, um, such that in Namibia, we've been volunteering for five months where we really haven't been accessible. Um, we would, you know, look at Asana from time to time, but we've been completely reliant on our team. And that's a complete switch around. So, yeah, feel very comfortable now that. You know, location freedom is working for us because we've got systems and processes that work for us and with us, and uh, we're much more in control. Yeah. Oh, fantastic to hear. Really, really inspiring stuff. Um, you mentioned uh, Asana task management tool there, and we, we've used task management uh, Asana for many years. And it's something we talk about a lot on our course. Um, what else have you used? Because you talked a lot about reporting or about actually getting the pulse yeah. of your business and about seeing the numbers. And and so Asana's great. You can see who's doing what. But I think that the idea of actually having the right figures to look at to be able to mm -hmm. know is 
is my business working the way it should be? That's a huge challenge, I think, for a lot of people is to understand mm. what that actually means. Because it's easy yeah. to say, oh, yeah, you need reporting. You need to, well, you, know, if, mm. you, don't, you don't watch it. It doesn't improve or whatever. But, um, yeah. but how does that work in practice? What do you actually do to make that happen? Yeah. Well, a lot of it's around um, zero, using zero for our bookkeeping. Zero accounting software. Zero accounting software. So zero accounting bookkeeping um, gives us control, understanding how to use that for reporting, but also having great bookkeepers who can um, provide us with the right data in the right format. Um, we were doing a lot of that when we were going around the world. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, there was a lot of time that John would spend in ports. So he might have like five days. <laughs> That's all. And I was giving him tasks to just check the bookkeeping. We, you know, that's, we don't need to do that now. Obviously, from time to time, we will. But any issues, we have the number of people that, you know, that know how we, we need things done. Um, we've also got um, an equivalent, really, of a finance director. So somebody that we're now prepared, because we understand it, prepared to pay a little bit more for somebody who will just be our sort of more strategic eyes and ears on, on the numbers. And then we've got great property accountants, really good. So um, if we can use our bookkeepers, my daughter's one of them, <laughs> we can use our bookkeepers, making sure that they, they run different sides of the business. So we've got our trading business, guest house business is very different from the residential side. It's, it's that, you know, registered and it's a very different business. So making sure that we've got different processes for the two sides of the business. So it's not only just the right people, but then having a reporting system that gives us those um, regular numbers so we can just assess, is are things, um, are things working? Are we achieving our goals? And um, quarterly, half yearly, annually, you know, we'll have some reports that we're able to to know that, well, we know that they're consistent now, whereas in the past we had to then spend a long time just checking and going, no, I think, I think the bookkeeping didn't quite work. It's not in the right place. So, so people and systems together for us give us freedom. It's not just systems. You can't, for us, we can't rely just on systems because we want time freedom as well. But we had to go through the pain really of, you know, year and a half, two years of just checking and making sure that we understand it ourselves. And then we can train people up and make sure people are doing things in the way that, that we know works best. Um, yes. So it's confidence now for us. Um, and I remember the pain that we had, you know, it's not easy. I think if anyone thinks, oh, you can just outsource it. You know, we talk about VAs. We, we used a VA for quite a while before my daughter came in on the business. And again, it takes a while to, to build the confidence with each other and make sure you've got the right person in the role. Um, and yeah, you've got to go around that loop a few times before you can be absolutely confident that things are working in the way that you need it to. Um, so, so yes, it's painful, but when I, when I heard you were doing the podcast, I thought, okay, I'm a little bit different. I don't, I've never managed my own properties. So, um, but even if you do have other, other people help you, you still need 
this support and other things around you to really complete the whole the whole picture so yeah. yes uh, yeah interesting so so i a lot of people come to me talking about properties about property management and they often come on the course or they may come on a call with me and just uh, for me to give them some advice and i unless you are a company with say a turnover of or profits in the region of you know 500k sort of mark i would never dream of saying to somebody to manage their own properties because i think it is a total um uh, waste of waste of one's time you don't make mm. money in property by managing you make money in property by acquiring new property and growing your portfolio and yes. that's as yeah. a property investor what i believe people should focus their time on i use mm -hmm. property management companies i didn't for 15 years and it's one of my biggest yes. regrets in life uh, because i know that if i'd done that from day one i would have had so much more time freedom and it really mm. took me to do that to realize that they the the waste of time it is for me to do something that actually there's a whole industry built up around it and you mentioned bookkeeping yeah. as well so yes. So these, these key elements to a business. So when I talk about outsourcing, it's always quite simply anyone but you. And there are certain things that like you mentioned there, bookkeeping, accounting, yeah. financial advice, uh, property management, laundry, mm -hmm. you know, whatever your business is, is about, there's going to be certain mm -hmm. elements in your business. You can literally just go yeah. pick them up and hand them to somebody who knows exactly what they need to do. So yes. you don't yeah. need to go and learn it all yourself and then train somebody else. You just go, no, no, I'm going to pay you a little bit more and then give that whole thing to somebody. So I'm totally behind you on this. I think it's one of the most important yeah. take-homes from, from this conversation so far is that you yes. don't need to know the detail of everything in your business. You no, I know, always advocate, yeah, I always advocate working with experts. Yeah. And I coach and mentor people in property. And and it's very, very early days do I, I talk about working with experts because I, I don't want to be an expert on tax. You know, if you take it to that extreme, I don't want to be an expert in contracts, you know, people who are tenants, because I know that I can make mistakes and I'm not, I'd much rather rely on an expert because expert, when things go wrong, you know, they, they know what to do. So it doesn't matter what stage it is or what type of business, you're always going to need experts who know more than you do. Um, so another example of our trading business, our guest house business is the booking system, the room booking system. Now, anyone in serviced accommodation will know, you know, they might have Airbnb and, you know, they might set up a system themselves and then need to change it. Well, we started with a, a, a sort of, um, system called beds 24 and we weren't sure we just picked it because it was cheap. <laughs> and luckily we, because we've reassessed it a couple of years ago, it, it is actually a really good system, but we've had to now put in place a system to take bookings straight into invoices, straight into zero. Now, those are three different steps that we were having to do manually. And of course, they're fraught with error potential. So we've, we've only just cracked it, actually, <laughs> only just, you know, it takes, it takes some technical capability of people to, to write these programs to make sure that it works. Um, but again, you know, making things simpler and easier to use is what efficiency is all about. So you can make your business more efficient, then you can make, make more money or you could do more business. So yeah, it's, it's funny when you look back, 
over five years, it's it's not very long, but we've we've learned so so much, and that's why I love to help other people and recommend experts like yourself because I don't think we would have bitten the bullet. To be perfectly honest, we'd still be we'd still be worried. I think now if we hadn't been through a process of going right, let's let's look back, let's look at the whole thing and work out whether we we're doing things in the right way and what we're truly spending our time on because we the stuff we like doing it's you know if we like doing it we'll do more of it and then we don't really recognize that actually is that the best use of our time exactly um so the question we always ask ourselves and i ask the coaches that i have is you know when you want to go and volunteer in Namibia and you you might be in the middle of the reserve, you know, ear notching rhino or something, you don't want to have that vocal saying, oh, I've got a problem. You don't want to be worried that there's a problem um, with, with your business. You want to know that there's people there that can pick these things up on your behalf. Um, and there's somewhere you can go to on a regular basis on a laptop to just to go, okay, yeah, things are things are going well. So um, yeah. I think I think that that letting go is one of the most challenging things that most business owners have. And I know for me that took me many years. And I always I started out thinking only I would be able to find the, the right talents. Or I would only I only yeah. I would be able to manage the the I, yeah. I have student properties. Only, only I would be able to uh, negotiate with the parents when there's some issue or whatever and, and and it was always only i only i when in reality what people want as customers they just want to get service quickly and get a reasonable result and as long as those two boxes are ticked you don't need to be the best of the best of the best you know it's you can strive for that and it's always great to have you know that your eyes set on perfection but actually that perfection can get in the way of progress and actually being accepting that other people can do a job actually probably better than you in 99% of cases because that's yeah. all they have to focus on. That's all they have to think about. They're not spinning the 50 other plates that are put mm. there. So, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. it's um, The other way over. to look at it, the yeah. other way to look at it, and I think, you know, when, we, when I was going through your program was also to say, well, what's your time worth? Um, what's your hourly rate? And I remember working that out and thinking, yeah, this is the point. This is the whole point. You know, if my hourly rate is 150 pounds an hour because I'm good at finding the next deal or, or doing a commercial deal, that's 150 pounds an hour. If, if I'm, if I'm spending time doing some marketing or, or, you know, sorting out a problem, is that 150 pounds an hour task? No, of course it isn't. Just because I think I enjoy doing it, yeah. you, you know, that questioning myself all the time was a routine that we got into, you know, and John would ask me, you know, is that good use of your time? And I would challenge him in the same way. And we still do actually. <laughs> so, And it's so easy to fall into it. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there, which is just because you like it, it doesn't mean you should. And I think it's one of the things that, a lot of um, uh, people they talk about when they talk about outsourcing is you know, get rid of all the stuff you hate. And I actually said that many, many times. But I think that what the caveat to that is that it's not just the stuff you hate. And uh, when I talk about the first thing you should ever outsource, it's always what is taking the longest amount of time and what do you know best? Yeah. 
because yes. actually and often the yeah. stuff you like is what you know best but that's the easiest yeah. stuff to give somebody because you, you know it so you can explain it to them really well whereas if you yes. you know and the stuff you don't really like you often don't know so well and so you know i yeah. totally you know music to my ears here you say this one with <laughs> because it is it is so true and um yeah just getting seeing your the value of your time but not i always say not only monetary sense as well but you know, you could say 150, it could be 500 pounds an hour, whatever your time is worth. It could be 50 yes. pounds an hour. You yes. know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the point is, would you, would you rather be mm. dealing with a phone call, doing some marketing or sitting on a beach mm. or hanging out with your kids or mm. you know, baking a cake or in the garden or whatever it is, mm. that, you know, you really are passionate about in life. Yes. And that's yes. the value that matters, not the yes. how much you enjoy the work. The work is there. No. Uh, many, many parts of work are there. Yeah. It's a means to an end. Absolutely. So, And I never thought I would write a book because that, that takes a lot of effort, a lot of brain power, a lot of time. And there's no way I would have even considered it um, before I'd outsourced a lot of other stuff. Um, and would I write another one? I Probably not, but... <laughs> But having that time and also being in Australia, that just made it easier. So if you can, if you can have location freedom through systems as well, and you don't need to physically be in the UK, then doing things like writing a book was just so much easier in the Whitsundays in, in Australia where we were. Um, and then learning about how can you maximize your use of your home. We rented our house out. <laughs> we holiday let it, you know, all those things that you suddenly have time to think about strategically that for other people can take years and years, um, you know, to have done what we've done in seven years in total from right from scratch. You know, people, people are like really inspired by it, but it was only possible, not because I'm brilliant at anything <laughs> particularly. Um, I'm quite good at podcasts. <laughs> I'm really good at finding great people like yourself. Um, you know, that was through Christian introducing you, but you know, it's, it's networking and Christian Rodwell. Yeah. He'll Rodwell. be on the show yes. very, very soon, actually. Good, good. Quite right too. Um, so yes, it's networking, it's working with great people and trying to find experts to help. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. This has been a lot of fun so far. And uh, I just have a few more questions just to wrap yeah. up things really. But I did have one actually, I asked you what, uh, some things I could ask you. And I just wanted to go to that cause. What systems or technology has made the biggest difference for you being able to work remotely? I know you mentioned yeah. Asana as one yeah. and last pass. Mm -hmm. Is there any yeah. other game-changing apps, software, systems that yeah. you've implemented that <laughs> just, you know, take open the, or turn the light bulb on for you to what is possible? Well, when I started my online um, education program for property, creating, creating webinars and being able to coach via Zoom, <laughs> That transformed it. That made it so, so easy. I set my business up four months before John left the UK. I wanted to have my own business to take around the world. It's something I, I'm really passionate about is helping other people learn. And without having Zoom and the ability to record easily and effectively and to be able to coach people just as in the conversation we're having face-to-face, absolutely transformed it. Um, it just made it, made me completely confident 
that the system was going to work. I just wish I'd bought shares in Zoom because this was this was a few years back now, 2017. Pre-pandemic, yeah, yeah. Now everyone knows what it is. Yeah. Um, so Zoom, um, Calendly, being able to have people book their coaching appointments or their free 30-minute consultation with me on a diary system that I can work with any time zone in the world. So if I was... You know, I was in China and then I was going to be traveling to Seattle. (laughs) That's quite a change in time zone. Um, But I I could set my time so that when somebody booked it in, it was in my diary, in my time zone in Seattle. Um, And quite often I was coaching people. They didn't even know I was in, I wasn't in the UK. You know, I wouldn't, maybe for my backdrop, but, uh, you know, if I was indoors, it doesn't doesn't really matter. So they it was seamless. So those two things definitely. Um, Screencast-O-Matic for uh, recording things that I want people to do that I learnt through yourselves. Um, and what else? Oh gosh, so many little ones. But those are the big ones. Those are the big yeah. ones that um, I feel confident about editing videos now using Screencast-O-Matic. Um, you're probably going to tell me there's a better one now to use, but I still use it now. I was on it just this morning, re- um, editing a video that I'd done with somebody. And I thought, this is so easy. But a few years ago, I would have been really scared. I would have probably paid someone else to do it. And it would have cost me a fortune or yeah. not done it at all, probably. No, yeah. no, I still still rate Screencast-O-Matic. I think it's the, the best mm. all-in-one recording, editing, hosting, team uh, recorder yeah. out there and uh, there are yes. other apps available um but i think that is and it's the most affordable yeah. of all of them yeah um, and especially when you start scaling with with a team as well it's a fraction of the cost of things like loom and the yeah. editing is included um the only other one we yeah. use now just to, to answer your question um yeah. is for doing marketing videos when we want to mm-hmm. do overlays and drop-ins and animations and things we use filmora Oh yes, um, which is which yeah. is a very uh, inexpensive, easy to use app for doing that type of more fancy, fancy editing. Mm. But all our day to day editing and recording for uh, operation manuals and SOPs, that's all still done on on mm. Screencast-O-Matic. So yeah, yeah, good. good no, I don't glad think to we, hear it. I don't, yeah, I don't think we really changed anything since since you run the program. <laughs> to be honest, and that's not because we've been good. you know sitting at, sitting <laughs> on our hands or being complacent. It's just that I'm not a believer mm. in jumping to every shiny penny. Uh, if something offers great mm. improvements and will improve efficiency dramatically it's worth a change but if mm. not actually the it's more important just to learn a piece of software or an, an app and yes. get your head into it properly um yeah. so task management tool we talk about asana but there's other great ones out there there's mm. ClickUp, there's uh, monday.com yes. there's even trello yeah. to some extent i'm not a massive fan of trello but i know a lot, a lot yeah. of people like it it doesn't matter which one you're using yeah. as long as you're using it like a pro and so mm. that's the important thing yeah. for me. So anyway, it's like, yeah. And it's, it's being consistent with it. You know, as I said, we, you know, we pushed back quite hard. We found it really challenging to, to have to learn again and, and think differently, but you've got to really got to stick with it. That's yeah. the message, you know, stick with it because it really, these things work really well. Um, and then stick with it with your team as well, because they've got to go through the pain of, of learning but it's really really worth it yeah yeah i mean on that note from personal experience over the past four years i think one of the biggest mistakes we ever made was changing 
our CRM and our email automation, I think we changed mm-hmm. it three times in three years. And the upheaval on the team is huge. And yes. it's just, you know, chasing the shiny pennies. You know, it's a lesson I've learned very, very the hard way, so to speak. And um, yeah, so sticking with something, getting your team involved, getting yeah. them up. Because everything you teach, you can, like you said before, you record what you're teaching. Well, so once you've, say if I was showing somebody how to use um, Asana to do a specific thing, you know, you hit record, record it, and now you've got a training video. If you then change yes. what task manager you're using, every single video or whichever piece of software you're talking about, every video that involves that yeah. piece of software now has to be redone. Yeah. So so we're really mindful of that. I, I think it's a really great, you know, lesson to learn. So yeah, thanks for, yeah. for bringing yeah. it up. Cool. Okay. Bye. Last, last three questions or three and a half questions for you. Um, who do you think would be a great or great next guest or guests on this podcast? Oh, so Christian was one of was going to be one. Christian Rodwell. <laughs> yeah, he's sure. Christian Rodwell. Um, who else? My goodness. Um, I have to have a think. Okay. I'll come back to, come I'll come back back to, to you on that. Yes. What does, what does success mean to you? Well, success is, is location freedom and feeling confident to hop in our car as we're going to do on Thursday, uh, go camping, traveling from Namibia, the coast where we are now to Botswana, <laughs> you know, and just knowing that we're confident, we don't need to worry. Um, being away from the UK as long as we have, again, for the third time, this is the this is the only time that we've both felt like we can just chill and relax and know that the systems we've got in place work. So success is just, yeah, hopping in our car. We're getting the rooftop tent today. We're going to be driving oh, a few thousand kilometers <laughs> and uh, going to the Okavango in Botswana. We'll be there by the beginning of June. Um, we leave on Thursday. So there we go. So in a couple of days time, that's success. Yeah. For me. And I love to inspire other people that they can do this stuff. It doesn't have to be this extravagant in terms of other countries just means you could go run a marathon, you know, you could go train, do something that you've always wanted to do that you just thought I'll never get the chance or I'll always, it'll happen when I retire or when I, you know, it's always when, when, when I can get my pension. And I always challenge people now because I wish I'd learned what I know now 20 years ago. <laughs> so I go, I'm teaching an 18 year old at the moment. Would you believe it? I'm teaching an 18 year old how to invest in property. And I'm going, crikey, I didn't even know about this stuff till I was in my 40s, late 40s. So, um, you know, I think the sooner you can start, the better. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I was very lucky. I fell into property the minute I left, you know, even before I left university, I'd bought my first property and it Maybe. gave me a freedom, <laughs> which I yeah. have, have, have enjoyed for the whole of my life. And it's doing stuff not quite as extravagant in some ways as you. I know I have sailed across the Atlantic and I've climbed quite a lot of big mountains in the world and so I'm mm. traveling. And it's just that, you know, the ability 
to 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 have the for me it was the income i hadn't got the the systems of the outsourcing in place so unfortunately i did get those phone calls when i was halfway up a mountain sometimes you know and <laughs> right. you know oh yeah. i can't get in my property i was like what do you want me to do about it yeah. but you know so it yeah. took me a while to get to where you are now but um where we are now i should say i should say yeah, but yeah well anyway. my kids are older you know 27 yeah. 24 you know so we've got that freedom, that family freedom, you know, our parents are no longer with us and, you know, they'd be the first to just go, Hey, you're living the life you always dreamt of. And, you know, I'm encouraging younger people, including my children to, to really understand how is it possible? And, uh, you know, those myths that you grow up with, you know, always pay your mortgage off and, you know, property is really risky. Um, don't believe it. You know, there's, there's certainly ways to escape. Um, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Final question for you now. Do yeah. you believe you can systemize your success and why? Of course, absolutely you can. Uh, why? Because you are not, you don't always have the skills and you certainly don't have the knowledge and all the things you need to have to run a business and to be successful. Um, you can stay in the rat race and, you know, have a corporate job and just wait until you retire. But there's a different world out here. If you truly want to run a business and be, uh, be free to have choices in your life, then you have to have systems and other people to help you. So, so yeah, definitely. Fantastic. I will put, contact details in our show notes, but just for people listening in, how can they find and engage with you? You can find me on all social media, LinkedIn, Facebook of the two primary ones. Um, yeah, you've got my contact details. People can connect with me, book an appointment for a chat. I have a free half hour consultation. And then of course my book, I know people won't necessarily be watching this, but building your dream life is my book is on Amazon. Um, and I have a website as well. So yeah, so many different ways. That's my challenge to anyone listening to this is to follow through, take action, book a chat with me. So many people go, Oh, maybe, maybe next week, maybe the week after and put it off. But I tell you the ones that take action are the ones that end up being successful. I've got plenty of examples of people that I've helped to escape since I started in 2017. So here's my challenge back to people listening to this. Book a chat with me and uh, I can certainly help. Yeah. And having watched the background for the whole of this video of you in the beautiful blue skies with palm trees mm. sitting on top of a roof, you are 100% you know, living that dream that you talk about in the book. You do walk the walk. And so I encourage anybody who's thinking about getting into property or just coaching about how to actually create a life outside of the traditional nine to five traditional work um then just contact Bronwyn she's a hopefully you've got got her from the podcast but she's an absolutely lovely person and someone I've, I've had the pleasure of working with now for a few years so it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on podcast today i'm really glad glad you suggested this uh to (laughs) to come on because um i actually reached out to put to bronwyn to let her know the podcast was launched and she goes oh i'd love to come on and talk to people i was like what a brilliant idea so i'm gonna (laughs) give you credit for that one as well bronwyn so yeah thank you very much for taking time out thank you it's great to be here 
Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else that you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions, and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. 